0: Especially if you've gone to church at any Christmas time, you will have heard of the Nativity story. But you know what? The amazing thing is, is that even though you've heard this story so many times before, I really believe that you can learn something new from it. You know, it's amazing that actually we can learn new things from old things. And Christmas is often a time where we think about getting new stuff, isn't it? Any kids out there who have written uh, a letter to Santa to say that I would like this and I would like that, you want something new, don't you? And that is great, and new things are great. But this morning, we're looking at a story that's old. But I really believe that we can learn new things from it. And so I guess here's a challenge for you kids. What today, or maybe this week over Christmas, can you learn from something that's old? Or maybe I should say from someone that's old. And I'll let you be the judge as to who you think is old or not. Um, but yeah, isn't it amazing that we get to we get to look at this story year in, year out? And today I want to just take a specific focus on one character. For those of you who don't know, at Ivy, we're in, a, in our current series, a No Fear series. And we've been looking at when the angel appears to different characters in this story. We first looked at when the angel appears to Zechariah. And tells him that he's going to have a son. And we know that that grows up to be John the Baptist. And then he appears to Mary, as we saw so beautifully acted out. And then the angel appears to Joseph. And that's going to be the character that we look at this morning. Here's a question for the kids out there as to why, whilst I'm talking, um, you could be colouring as well. But I want you to think about, where is Joseph in the story? Where is he in the story? So have a think and if you want to just uh, check with your parents and you can do whilst I'm talking, that's absolutely fine. But I want you to think about where is Joseph in this story? What parts do we see Joseph appear in the story? Okay, here's an honesty moment for, for all of you out there. Put your hand up if you care about what other people sometimes think of you. And if your hand isn't up, maybe you care about what everyone thinks of you uh, for not putting your hand up. <laughs> it's just really interesting. Like That's why, as much as it's a bit of fun at the beginning, um, and it's a, a bit of a, a loose-hearted, icebreakery-type game to get us to, to sing that song, but when I asked the question, we're going to be doing a singing game, who would like to take part? No hands went up. And I bet you, if you're honest with yourself, that's possibly because you're like, I'm not a singer. I don't want people to hear my singing voice. Actually, I don't know all these people, so I'm not in an environment where I want to be made to look silly or I I care too much about what other people think of me. You know, potentially that's a thought that went through your head. And you'd be absolutely valid to have that thought because we always have these thoughts. Every single day of our lives, I'm convinced that you and I have these thoughts. You think about it maybe when you choose what you're going to wear. You think about it when you choose um, who you hang out with, who your friends are. You think about it when um, you think, "If oh, do people think I'm funny or not? I think we have these thoughts and when we care, we think about what do people think of me... We have them every single day in all situations. And I think the same was for Joseph. I think he had this same battle going on in his head. What do people think of me? When he's presented first by Mary and she says, you're never going to believe this. God's just told me that I'm going to, I'm going to give birth to the Son of God and we're going to call him Jesus. I, he must have been thinking... What? Like they weren't even married yet. They were engaged, but they weren't even married yet and for to have a child outside of wedlock was almost like a disgrace. It would have been a shameful thing. And he must have thought those those thoughts as to what are people going to think of me if I'm to carry on being engaged and marry this woman we'll be the laughing stock of the town. You know, we'll be we'll be pushed to one side. We're going to be marked for life. That's it for us. I'm sure he must have had those thoughts. And this morning we're going to look at his decision and what his decision meant for him and what the right decision was versus maybe what the easy decision was. Because as I've said before, we've all heard this story, haven't we, plenty of times. Um, And I'm sure we know it all very well. But imagine if you were Joseph. Maybe you want to try and convert it into a a scenario in today's world. Maybe you're in a situation like that right now in your life. Where actually the pressures of people are pulling one side of you. Versus maybe what God's saying is pulling the other side of you. Imagine if you were him. What would you be thinking? What would your decision be? What would your actions be? Because Joseph had to decide between those two things, didn't he? He had to make a decision between what are people going to think versus what's God going to think. What are people going to think of me versus what does God think of me? He had to make that decision between those two things. Now, as we know, we're in a vantage point, aren't we? Though We know the end of the story. We know how the story goes. But... Just imagine, just imagine if you were him, and actually if you chose the opposite. We might not have the story as we know it today, would we? If he thought more about what other people think. Because if you think about it, if you were Joseph, and Mary came up to you and said, I'm pregnant, I'm going to have a baby, it's God's, and we're to call him Jesus, now, if you were Joseph, you've got to be thinking, she's lying, and it's not God's baby, and actually it's somebody else's baby, and you're lying to me, or you're completely mad, and you're delusional, because that is impossible. Yeah? Have you, are those two valid thoughts to be thinking for him? Like, you're lying to me on one hand, or you're completely delusional. And you see, they were engaged. They weren't yet married, but they were engaged. But that was a serious commitment in those days, a serious commitment. And what's amazing, actually, and even though Joseph faces this question, he gets to a point of deciding, Do you know what, I'm going to divorce her. I'm going to divorce her, I'm going to step away. Because I can't, the pressure of people almost got to him. The pressure of what people thought was like too much for him. He got to a point after Mary told him, I'm going I'm to end it. But you know what? He loved Mary. He did. He cared for Mary. Because it says in the Bible how he was going to divorce her quietly, secretly. Trying to reduce the shame and humiliation that may be bestowed upon them. But then what happens? We saw it acted out. What happens? An angel comes, steps in. God steps in. And the angel says, No. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. And you know what? We're going to learn a valuable lesson from this because Joseph learned a valuable lesson that night. And I really believe that we can learn this same valuable lesson. And that is that pleasing God can often mean we disappoint people. Yeah? When we please God, when we choose God, that can mean that we can disappoint people. I don't know if you've experienced that for yourself in your own life, when you just know that God's saying something to you, yet people are saying something different, but you're like, I've got to go with what God says. And that person may get hurt or upset. That's the reality of it. When we choose to please God, we can end up disappointing people. And I think that's what we see here in Joseph, because he ended up staying with Mary, didn't he? He chose Mary to stay with her. And the story unfolds as we know it. See, as I say, he almost gets to a point of, of leaving. That's it. No chance am I going to be associated with this. Hopefully, if we divorce quietly, we can go our separate ways and she can have her baby and I'll hopefully be able to remarry someone else who's maybe not heard of this already, this whole situation. But the Lord appears to him in a dream and says, don't fear about, don't worry about what people are going to say about you. Don't fear what man is going to think of you. Why? Because God's got it. Because God is in control. Because this is God's baby. Because his plan is bigger and better than any plan that you could possibly have. You've got to trust me on this. God's got it. God is all over it. And I think Joseph may have gone from one state of emotion to another. He's gone from the sense of, oh my goodness, isn't this amazing that God has chosen me to be part of the most amazing story in history? Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm the one that's chosen. And on the flip side, he's like, oh my goodness, why me? Do you not know what's going to be said about me? I can't go through with this think that those are the flips of his emotions, on one hand he's been selected to be this person that we remember year on, year out, versus oh, but I can't because what will people think of me and I want to say if you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning if you've made him Lord of your life maybe you haven't made that decision yet and you can make that this morning and it will be the best decision that you've ever made. And it may be a decision, actually, that over the last weeks, months, years, maybe you've had this same debate in your head. I can't fully commit to him because what will my friends say? I can't fully commit to him to, to, to saying yes to Jesus because what will my family say? You know, and we're, we're being, that is a pure, an example of what we see here in the story of Joseph, isn't it? I'm caring too much about what people think than actually what God's doing in my heart and in my life. So if you're a follower of him, or if you want to be a follower of him today, you know, there are going to be moments that are going to be hard. Being a Christian isn't about an easy life. If someone's told you that, then I'm sorry that they're wrong. It's not about an easy life, and God just makes everything easy. You know, there's going to be moments that are hard, that are difficult, that actually when you obey God and you choose to do what he says, that people may be disappointed. And people may be hurt. But God's got it. God has got it. And He's got a bigger and much greater plan for you. What I love about this story, and what I love about Joseph in particular, is the fact that he's not the main character. We all know who the main character is, right? Yeah? Not the sheep. Although this one is pretty cool. He's got strong arms. Jesus. Jesus is the main character, yeah? And closely, I think, closely followed by Mary, no? Would I be wrong in saying that? You know, Mary, she's the one that carried him. She's the one who had to go through that. The one who we think, oh my goodness, giving birth in a stable. You know, there's, there's sympathy there. Joseph, he's sort of, he's just on the side, isn't he? He's just along for the ride in some respects. You know, if there was an Oscar going out for... Um, that Joseph could be nominated for, it wouldn't be best actor, would it? It'd be best supporting actor. He was there in a supporting role. And yet, although unseen in in some respects, although maybe not the focal point of the Nativity story, where is he? Where is he in it? Kids, I asked you a question at the start to think about where Joseph is within the story. Where is he? he? Was he with Mary at the start? Was he there before the journey began? Was he with Mary? Someone talk to me or am I talking to people? Yes, Yes, he was. You don't have to be a child. If you're young at heart, you can answer the question. (laughs) So he was there, wasn't he, at the beginning with Mary? Did he go on the long journey? Yes. Yes. Did he knock on the first door? The second door? The third door? The fourth? The fifth? However many doors they ended up knocking on. He was there. Was he there in the stable? Yeah. Was he there when the shepherds came? Was he there when the wise men came? Was he there when the angels above sang and gave glory to God? Was he there underneath the star? Was he there with all the animals and the mess and the dirt? Was he there? He was there, wasn't he? Amazing that he was a part of the whole story. He was everywhere. And he chose. He was everywhere because he chose to stick by Mary. Because he chose to obey what God had told him to do. He got to be part of the best, most monumental stories that this world has ever seen. So big that it dictates time. He was there, a part of it. You see, God had it all planned out for Joseph. He had it all planned out for him. He just had to trust. Joseph just had to trust that God was God and that he had it and that he got it and that he had good things for him. And what's amazing, because Joseph trusted and because he obeyed, he got to be a part of it. He got to walk in all the promises, all the goodness, all the blessing that God had for him because he obeyed, because he said yes to God and no God to what other people are going to think of him. That was the debate, wasn't it? I'm saying yes to God and no to what other people might think of me. So i got a question for us all this morning. What areas of your life do you need to say yes to God and no to what other people might think? Maybe it's wearing a sheep costume on a Sunday morning. I can't say that God told me to wear this, but I don't care what you think because I'm delivering God's word and that's the most important thing. Hey, what areas in your life do you need to say yes to God and no to what other people might think of you? I think we have these thoughts every day and this is something that really stood out to me in reading the notes in preparation for this. This one statement is so challenging and it's this. If you're not ready to be criticized for obeying God, then you're not ready to be used by Him. Wow. That hits right here, doesn't it? If I'm not ready to be criticized for obeying God, if I'm not ready to actually have a little bit of humiliation thrown upon me because I'm doing what God says to do, then I'm not ready to really be used by Him. I wanna be used by Him. I wanna be in a place where I'm saying yes to Him. And no to what other people think. And I think Joseph is a a great example of that that we can really learn from. We can learn that how when we say yes to what God says for us, that we get to walk in the promises and the blessing and the goodness of all that God has for us. It's amazing, you know, just one small act of obedience can open the floodgates of blessing of goodness of stepping into God's promises that one small act of obedience and maybe that's saying yes to him this morning maybe that's saying yes to him this morning can I invite us all to stand and we're going to um, just enter into a time of uh, response and we're going to enter into a time of uh, some sung worship to as we draw our service to a close but before we do that, I'd love for us just to maybe stand just in some quiet, maybe close your eyes. It sort of just helps us focus. And as I said before, maybe you don't know Jesus yet. Maybe you've not said yes to him. And maybe this is something that has been playing on your heart or on your mind and The thought of what people might think of you should you say yes to him has has been too much for you to actually say yes. I want to say, God knows that. I want to say that God's got it. He's got a bigger and better plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. Saying yes to him means you're stepping into all his promises that he has for you. And maybe if that's you, I'd, while people have got their eyes closed, maybe ask you to be brave and raise a hand and say, I'm, I want to say yes to Jesus, either for the first time or maybe it's a coming back to. I want to say yes to Jesus this morning. Thank you. Or maybe you, you've walked with Jesus a long time. But maybe there's a situation in your life that you're actually like, do you know what? If I'm honest with myself, in that situation, the voice of the people are drowning out the voice of God and I want that to be reversed and I want God to speak a a louder and better word in that situation. I don't want to feel like I have to care necessarily about what these other people are saying because I know God's saying this to me. And if that's you, there's a a specific situation in your life where you want that, then I'd love for you to raise a hand and be brave and just say, God, I want you to to speak the louder voice in that situation to me. Help me be obedient to you in that. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.